Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the current crisis of the Kurds. You have surely been watching the news. You know that there's a great deal of violence and unrest in the modern state of Iraq. An organization called ISIS, which is an Islamic force basically in support of uh, Iran and Syria, um, have attacked Baghdad. They have tried to take over the power centers in Iraq. They are an extreme Islamist force driving out Christians and uh, destroying even even sacred shrines that they don't agree with, Muslim shrines, etc. Um, they'll be defeated in time. But it points out a very, very important position uh, that I believe the United States ought to take. And that's really what this podcast is about. It is about me saying uh, that it is time for the U.S. to overtly and permanently back the Kurds of northern Iraq. I, I know that the subject of the Kurds is new to a lot of Americans. Um, I hear it all the time. Little Miss Muffet sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey. Is that the kind of curds you're talking about, Stephen? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about a breakfast food. Uh, what I'm talking about uh, are the Kurds of northern Iraq. They are uh, the descendants of the ancient Medes, uh, the Medes you read about in the Bible, Medes and the Persians. Um, they are a wonderful people. I have spent a great deal of time amongst um, I love them dearly. Uh, they have been horribly mistreated in the Middle East uh, and horribly mistreated, I need to say, by the United States. And the current crisis there in Iraq proves and confirms um, that these fine people in the northern part of the country of Iraq uh, need to be supported by the U.S. And it's also time for them to go independent. Um, we, we have, for most of our foreign policy of the last decades, supported the idea of a unified Iraq. And I won't take a great deal of time to deal with the history that is behind this assumption, but uh, coming out of World War I, the European powers created a country called Iraq, and they superglued a lot of different people groups into that country, uh, people who did not naturally fit together, Shiites, uh, Shiite Muslims, Sunni Muslims, Kurds, people who were religiously different, people who were ethnically different, um, and they essentially uh, insisted that uh, this country function. They put a sort of artificial monarchy in charge of that country, um, which continued then for decades. There were later political revolutions, which sort of secularized the country and, and uh, held together through violence and intimidation the different religious groups of Iraq. And the U.S., um, wanting a hedge, a strong country that was a hedge against other uh, nations in the region, particularly Iran, with whom you remember ever since the 1970s, we were particularly furious at for taking over our embassy and what have you. Um, and then later, of course, the rantings of Ahmadinejad. Um, we, we have been largely anti-Iran. So we liked the idea of a strong Iraq. The problem is that Iraq is an artificial country. Um, it has not existed through history. It was a region at best. Um, it is a super glued together country that uh, is not really workable. Um, but the U.S. U.S. foreign policy has largely been about supporting the idea of this unified Iraq, so much so that the United States supported Saddam Hussein for decades and decades, supported them um, in the Iran-Iraq war that lasted a decade, one of the bloodiest wars in the region, foolish war, silly war. Uh, 
um, supported Saddam, uh, even with the chemical weapons he used on his own populace. So U.S. foreign policy has been pretty blindly pro-unified Iraq and pro-the Iraqi leader. The problem is that in the north there are these Kurds, and they are not native Iraqis in any way. They are uh, not even actually Arabs. They're Persians. Um, again, from that long heritage of the Medes and the Persians. And they are a surprising people. They are very democratic. They practice a very moderate version of Islam. I have written in a recent book that I was standing in an office um, when the news came down that the public schools in the Kurdistan, uh, in this northern portion, this Kurdish portion of Iraq, would no longer be um, uniquely Muslim. You wouldn't have to, to specialize in the Islamic religion um, and take an extensive exam on Islam to graduate from the schools there. Uh, this was very, very unusual for the region. Um, there are women on the Supreme Court. There are women entrepreneurs. There are women judges in the lower courts. There are uh, female uh, officials at every level. Uh, there are Christians. There are Jews. There are uh, Azidis. There are, of course, Muslims in the government. It's a, it's a pretty amazing thing. Um, the Kurds are pro-Israel for the most part and pro-American. Um, and, they, and they are also prospering because of the way they've handled themselves, because of the way they've dispensed wealth, because of the way they have made smart deals with the surrounding countries. You can go to Kurdistan in the north of Iraq today and see six-star hotels and Western-style grocery stores and beautiful developments and restaurants and neighborhoods and parks and hospitals. It's pretty stunning. Now, I've talked about a lot of this before, but what's bringing this to a crisis now is that the news that we get almost every day is from the South. Uh, in the South, in Baghdad, there's a prime minister named Maliki, and he's a Shiite Muslim. And he doesn't hold a lot of love for the Sunni Muslims or the Kurds in the North. He's corrupt. He leads a corrupt government. Uh, he has not strengthened the military. There's much violence in the South. Um, and many Western companies have left the South and, in fact, gone to the North where the Kurds are. Um, many, many people are, are just throwing up their hands and saying it's unworkable in the South. Uh, you remember maybe the stories in the news about the U.S. Army trying to train some of the troops from the South just to be a, a, just a basic police force. And they were so incompetent that they couldn't pull it off. Or uh, they were traitors. And we're working with the insurgents, and so they wouldn't serve as a genuine police force. It was bad. It was corrupt. It's, it's, it's horrible in, in every way. Yet U.S. policy has been maintain a unified Iraq, force the Kurds in the north to work with this corrupt bumbler named Prime Minister Maliki in the south. Now ISIS is attacking in the south. Uh, you may have heard the news stories of the last week where the Kurds were actually down around Baghdad fighting. Somebody might ask, well, what are the Kurds from the north doing in the south uh, fighting ISIS? They're simply the best fighters in the country. Um, Kurdish guerrillas are called Peshmerga. It means those who face death. They're tremendous fighters. They're well organized. They're used to mountain fighting. They are um, have a long tradition of military skill. Um, and they're the best fighters in the country. So when the country calls, the Kurds go to the south, the Peshmerga go to the south, and they fight against this insurgent force called ISIS. What I'm trying to say is that U.S. foreign policy needs to change. Iraq in the south, in Baghdad, is corrupt, it's incompetent, 
it's falling apart, it's crumbling. It may very well come to pass that Iraq needs to subdivide uh, into its various uh, smaller groups, natural geographic regions um, that would have been more natural just after World War I in the first place. If, if the European powers had not imposed a, 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 this big grid of Iraq on everyone. But it's time for the U.S. to support the Kurds in the north. There in the belly of the Middle East are a gentle and moderate people who are prosperous, who are pro-Western, uh, pro-U.S. anyway, pro-Israel, um, and uh, they are valuable allies. They sit on huge oil fields. They want to trade. They need American know-how, um, and it is time for us to stop betraying them. Now, some of, some of you listening will say, well, how has America betrayed the Kurds. Uh, we have done so time and time again, and I'm not just trying to sell books, but um, I will have a book coming out this fall about the Kurds. It's a tribute to their marvelous economic miracle, but it does talk about how the U.S. has betrayed the Kurds over and over again. Um, we actually armed Saddam. We gave Saddam the gas he used against the Kurds and horrible uh, events like Halabja, in which close to 15,000 Kurds were killed just in a matter of hours. Um, U.S. gas was used for that event. Um, we constantly supported Saddam against Iran, and then we supported him long after we should have. It really wasn't until uh, just before you know we, we decided that he was a, an enemy um, that uh, suddenly the national mood changed. Prior to that, he had been our ally. So the U.S. has been very duplicitous. There's a long history of betraying the Kurds, and it's time for it to stop. The Kurds should be our allies. We should support them. We should call for independence. We would have an oil-rich ally in the Middle East, again, pro-Israel, pro-American, um, and we would stop supporting the fiction that Iraq is a workable entity in the modern world. We believe in ethnic determination. We believe that people ought to have their own homeland and, and that ethnicities uh, ought to be able to uh, exercise self-determination. Well, it's time for that to happen in Iraq. In the South, you have this incompetent bumbler named Prime Minister Maliki. In the North, you have a fine man by the name of Masoud Barzani, so pro-Christian that the Pope has given him an award for welcoming Christians into Kurdistan. Our foreign policy regarding the Kurds is flawed. It's time for us to make some sense, and it's time for us to support the Kurds, to protect, to help protect them, and to call for their an independent Kurdistan. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author and popular speaker who coaches and advises leaders worldwide. To learn more about Stephen, log on to stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is produced by Isaac Darnell, who also wrote and performed the Rockin' Podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production. Chartwell is ingeniously led by Beverly Darnell Mansfield. As a result, all rights are reserved. For more information, contact us through stephenmansfield.tv.